This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. Peter Harris, co-founder of Hotel Chocolat, shared his story and samples of the company's products, guiding his MBA audience through a 25-year-long journey from a tiny mint marketing operation to a world-renowned brand and an annual turnover of £70 million. He expressed his views on market research, dealt with questions on finance and relationship with banks, and also the novel areas of raising capital through the company's chocolate bond. It has its own engaged ethics cocoa programme centred on its plantation on St Lucia and supports sustainable cocoa growing exercises in Ghana. Peter Harris flagged at what he called the brand soul of Hotel Chocolat, originality, authenticity and ethics. Were these characteristics in place at the outset or have they developed over time? I think at the very start we had some of the seeds of those points but I, th- I think it's only when you start reflecting on the products you sell and the things you design and the way you interact with your customers. But we always had originality because if you look at it, we came up with the idea of um, packets of peppermints branded in different companies' corporate styles. That was massively original. And authenticity then really comes through when you develop your product range and you're able to be um, much more real in terms of everything from your ingredients to your packaging to your presentation. Um, and, and ethics, I think we've had those from the very start. You know, we've, we've always liked not having um, un- unpleasant ingredients and colourings. That's always been a theme. And I think we've always liked um, other products from other people that offer those sorts of um, good quality aspects. You've obviously all the way through set the pace. Your your competitors have watched what you've done and they've taken out some ingredients or added ingredients as you have done. Does it frustrate you sometimes that they can't take a lead for themselves? Not really. I mean we we tend to be original in our thinking and that means we tend to think of our customers before our competitors and if we're offering our customers the things they want or the quality they want at good value, then that's self-fulfilling. And I think the competitors, um, they do copy us from time to time, but it's not something that really troubles us. I suppose if there is an overarching message to your to your presentation this evening, it is the importance of listening, listening to customers. That's absolutely right. And I, you know, I made it very clear that throughout the whole uh, development of the business, Listening to our customers has probably been the most powerful part of um, our whole success. And in the very early days, we listened to our customers, and now I don't think it's any less whatsoever. One of the things that does come clearly through is, is, is the importance of achievable targets. Absolutely. I think if you set yourself achievable targets, then you get the satisfaction of um, making those happen. And I think conversely, if you set yourself an unrealistic target and don't make it, it's depressing. And so, you know, it's a, it's a very fundamental part of human nature that you want to feel successful. And to do that, you mustn't set the bar too high too soon. Do you think many people do that? A lot of people do it. I mean, they just, unrealistic, you know, people might say, I want to buy that house by the time I'm 25. And that's not realistic. It may be more realistic to say, 
I'd like to buy a flat by the time I'm 25. Can we turn on to the subject of sustainability? And, and there are two areas that, that are interesting. One is Ghana. What exactly are you doing there? In Ghana, we're involved in a, a project and we're the only partners to this um, village called Osuben. And here, there we've um, funded and, and members of the Chocolate Tasting Club have funded with us um, the planting of 100,000 cocoa trees uh, to provide the people from the village with a sustainable income. We've contributed to um, create um, uh, water boreholes, um, which stops them having to walk about five or six miles each day to um, collect water. Um, we've paid for a medical centre so that people can get back to work and get back to their education uh, quickly when they become ill. Um, so these are projects which are sustainable. So we don't just give money for, for to be spent. We want it to help them sustain their own um, community. Again, is that a project that is being watched by other people, your competitors, for instance? I'm not really sure. I mean, it's it's something we just wanted to get close to Coco, and we found this um, community in Ghana, um, and we've been loyal to them since we started working with them about 10 years ago. Your insistence on getting close to Coco couldn't have been any any closer than it is in St Lucia, is it? And that, now that's one one example in your in your presentation where you actually admitted that maybe your your heart had ruled your head. I think um, if you're passionate about your business, you want to do the things that you think are right, and those aren't always geared around profit. And so we bought that cocoa plantation because we wanted to be close to cocoa. And we started to become close to it a little bit with our link with the people in Ghana. But that wasn't enough. You know, we weren't able to buy the cocoa from that community because the infrastructure wasn't there. With um, our own estate, we've been able to be directly involved in the um, organic growing of our um, cocoa right the way through to um, producing um, different types of cocoa. And there's also community integration, isn't there? Absolutely. And, you know, we, part of that sustainable project is that we work, we buy from over 160 farmers all the cocoa they can produce and turn that into chocolate, uh, which is available in all our shops and online in the UK. And they're getting a better price from you than they would from many others. We pay over two and a half times the market rate for the, for the cocoa from them, which has actually created a market, which has actually encouraged them to grow cocoa, which is beneficial to us as well. So they've actually created a livelihood, uh, which is truly sustainable. You don't set a lot of store by pure market research, do you? I have, I have been known to say it's actually far more powerful if you can test ideas directly. In other words, if you have an idea that you can develop to a reasonable level and sell it, is better than asking whether that product would sell if you invented it or made it. And that's certainly been the way we've tested our new markets. And I'm sure we've been successful on projects and products that would have been turned down if we'd have done market research. One of the remarks that you made that, that got people looking at each other was when you actually said that in 25 years there has been no external investment. How have you done it? We've done it um, by reinvesting the profits of the business, and that's the, the main way. But we've also had the support of um, our bank um, along the line with normal banking facilities, um, but also the 
Chocolate Bond was also um, asking customers of ours to lend us money to uh, develop our new ideas. Quite a few people said that would never work. That's right. I mean, some people suggested we may raise about £250,000, but we actually, in the first Chocolate Bond, raised uh, £4 million. Look into the crystal ball and to the future. Where, where are you going to go now? Well, Hotel Chocolat, it's probably only just begun. It's, it's successful in the UK, but overseas, um, is I can see us growing successfully overseas and becoming uh, an international brand. Peter Harris, thank you very much. This programme was produced by Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.